0: There was something there that was so raw where I was like, wow, I can't believe someone would say that.
1: Let's go there on Going There with Dr. Mike, brought to you by Sound Mind Live and the Consequence Podcast Network every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Bucks County Drums. Bucks County is a Pennsylvania-based custom manufacturer who developed its own shell called the Semi-Solid, which combines a solid wood shell with a plywood shell to give you all the big warm tones and sound of a solid drum. But with the strength, consistency, reliability, and versatility of ply drums. You can check them out at buckscountydrumco.com. They're also on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and also, we are going to be checking out one of their semi solid birch kits later in the episode. So for now, let's get rolling.
0: What's up, everyone? Mike Johnson here. And before we get started, I just wanted to ask you all a favor. If you enjoy this podcast and if you get a lot out of this, please do us a favor and stop by wherever you're getting this podcast from and give us a five-star rating and then write a nice review. That helps other drummers find this podcast, and Mike and I would really appreciate it. Now let's talk about some good stuff. All right. So once Mike and I get all caught up, we're going to talk about how to get the most out of your practice time, especially when you're practicing simple grooves. We'll be discussing an article by Chris Prescott. Our featured artist this time is Big and Rich's Keo Stroud. In our gear review section, we'll be checking out a gorgeous kit from Bucks County. It's a semi-solid red gum over birch. We'll get to a bunch of your listener questions. And as always, we'll get to your picks of the week. Get to our picks of the week. Good God! Yeah, dude. Today has been old school Mike and Mike day. We (laughs) talked on the phone just to talk, and then we just did like a twenty minute podcast intro before we pressed record. Man, yeah, the unfiltered edition, which I did not record. Sorry, it doesn't exist. Oh oh, man, I wish we could have shown everybody, (laughs) dude. You imagine? Oh, someday, (sighs) someday. On our way. Sometimes you gotta vent, you know. That's what friends are for. That's right. exactly that's how we can be so positive that has always been my biggest piece of advice to people going to Nam. whatever you think shut up wait until you're in your hotel room with two trusted friends and then blow off some steam but you don't know who it's like who's the product manager at or I don't know so do you know if you're talking smack about their yeah. drum company in front of their product manager and it's like I've seen that happen where I was like, oh, my God. Oh, man, uh, I, feel,
1: I feel an anxiety because I, I remember very distinctly a good friend of mine from college who's one of those those dudes who he just says really inappropriate stuff all the time. Sure. And, and we were at a drum show, and the guy that made the thing that he was really talking trash on was part of the conversation.
0: I'm like, oh, oh. you don't even know that that's the dude. <laughs> it's like Ooh. literally the dude. <laughs> Ooh. And you also don't even know, nowadays, you don't know who's friends with who. So you might think like, well, you'll clearly be on board with this round of smack talk because it's your competitor. <laughs> it's like, well, we actually started together and we funded each other's projects and he's my brother. And then he, when he lost his mom, I lost my dad on that same week. It's like, oh, my God, <laughs> I'm so sorry. So, yeah, my advice at Nam is shut your pie hole, get to the hotel room and then be like, What are they doing over there? That's fine. uh, All right. What is this? (laughs) Episode 131. (laughs) Or say good things. That always works, too. How about our intro groove? Episode 131. Who was that? Derek? Our intro groove. Yeah. Derek was killing it, man. So Um, he actually sent in a description. So that
1: groove, he was playing a Yamaha Stage Custom Kit. Uh, What do you have? A 22-inch bass drum. Um, The Birch Snare the one that came with the kit 10 inch tom 14 inch tom 14 inch k custom no 13 inch k custom dark hi-hats everything sounded nice well he gave us yeah. a whole rundown he's got a beta 52 on the bass drum 57 on the snare pg 56 on the toms audio technica
0: 2035 overhead do
1: you have you used that one
0: i don't even know what that is i'm going to look it up right now i don't know either um, I would assume that's kind of a mid price to low price cuz the 2020 is their $99 one mm. then the 4040 is kind of industry standard but that's around that $5 to $600 range. What do you say AT2035? 2035. Yeah. Might have to call up Audio Technica and be like what the hell is this? <laughs> um, uh I'll check that out. But yeah, I the other thing that I gotta give him credit for is uh he gave us like three minutes of that groove. Yeah. So I mean it's still going right now. As we're
1: talking, it's still <laughs> fading
0: out. That's <laughs> uh, awesome. Yeah, that's a $150 mic. So let me see what's different between that and the 2020. Um oh it's just it's got some it's the Audio Technica 2020, but with some options. So you've got the um You've got a 10 dB pad. You've got an 80 hertz high pass filter on it. So,
1: okay. So it's like a step up from just the basic.
0: Yep. uh, But same diaphragm. You're getting the same tonalities, but you can put a pad on it. So (laughs) that'd be a great mic for somebody that is going to use it as a drum mic because, uh, you know, even though it's probably got a pretty high SPL, still, I know for me, I have my main mic, which is an Audio Technica 5045 that i have as my overhead it does not have a a pad on it Mm -hmm. and going through my preamps my preamps are almost at zero because there's no
1: pad on the pre either no you got to buy one of those inline pads you can do that yep yep you just get it from Sweetwater. I just changed my game.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's pretend that I'm not trying to tout myself as educator of the year. Do I just type inline pad to Sweetwater?
1: <laughs> probably. Is or, that the name of it? Is or, it called an inline mi- pad?
0: Microphone pad. Probably. We'll, we'll bring it up. Okay. I <laughs> <laughs> seriously hate when things like that happen where I'm like, Oh, it's like a you know, like a three inch metal thing pad. It just goes on the end of the mic cable. Awesome. I am totally going to get one of those. Whatever the hell that is, I'm getting one.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, I think for, that sounds like it'd be crucial for you because you want to be getting the color of those mic pres. And if you're not able to gain them up, then you're not getting the exactly.
0: color. Exactly. I would think that's the, the case. And that's actually why I'm not using the 5045 on my bass drum is because I actually it'll actually clip I actually can't use it at all so mm-hmm. I have to use one of my um higher end mics that has a pad on it so well all there right. you go there's your pick of the week you didn't have one before we started <laughs> now I do now I do I gotta I gotta find one of these things so that I can make it my pick of the week all right <laughs> brother you subbed again for Lion King congrats that's I did. awesome yeah yeah thanks
1: again for Carter for trusting me with his his chair I, I did um different conductor and every conductor has different little, little things and I've got to figure them out. So that's, you know, I haven't played with a conductor like in an orchestra type thing in uh, 15 years. So I kind of get in those, those bearings. It, the weird part is judging, you know, because where they conduct is called the ictus, you know, where the, where the baton comes down or whatever. Right. How does that relate to where the orchestra actually plays the, the beats? <laughs> okay. Know? Yeah. And each one's Absolutely. a little bit different. So that's I feel like I'm back in
0: college again. It's cool. It's been fun. That's awesome, man. Well, congrats. I'm stoked for you. That's a really cool thing. Now, do you see that moving forward? Do you see that as becoming a bigger part of your world? And I'm not saying obviously Carter's got the Lion King thing, but do you see maybe doing more uh, Broadway shows like that?
1: I have no idea. I mean, I've, okay. I've, I've, it certainly is something I think I can, I could do. I don't, but I don't know. It's like. For me, the professional side of my drumming you know, has always been whatever comes at me, I'll just explore it.
0: Right. <laughs> you know? But I mean, what what, is, what the hell does it feel like to be in the pit for the Lion King? And I mean, this g- scary. God, like, well, I, yeah, scary. I got to imagine. And, and, OK, real quick, since I, I have seen it in L.A. or in Hollywood, but I haven't seen the Broadway version. What's the the size of the crowd? Uh, I don't even know because I'm in a box. It's it's. <laughs>
1: Nearly 2,000 probably Carter would know Wow
0: <laughs> And I mean And I mean So do you get to run around Backstage a little bit Before you play I mean do you see like The chaos that's going on With the outfits And the costumes Yeah
1: yeah totally I mean it's It's actually surprisingly chill I think because everyone's They're down They've in They've done it so they much just, Yeah but no. Yeah you have to walk On the stage To go down into the Under the pit So you see uh, People are warming up And stretching And you know uh, Scar will be at the coffee machine <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. (laughs) That's so cool, man. It's definitely, it's it's pretty surreal. I mean, I think if, I think thankfully for me, I'm used to being in a studio and being in that enclosed box. I don't think about the fact that there's 2,000 people out there listening to what's
0: happening. Um, Right. Well, I would assume that gig's probably kind of intense on a focus level anyways, so you're just yeah. hyper focused I mean yeah. until you have it completely dialed, like I mean, I, with I, it.
1: I, yeah, I have huge admiration for his ability to just do that and not not seemingly not break a sweat it's funny because when you go to observe that type of thing and you see you know- K- uh, Carter playing that show and he 's just so effortless and he knows exactly when to put his in ears back on and all that. Right. You, you kind of get a false confidence of, yeah, this ain't too bad. <laughs> the first time you go to do that, and you're the one in the chair with the in ears on. I mean, literally from you know the the first downbeat, well, from the first introduction of you know, welcome to the theater to intermission, I was like glued to the monitor. Sticks were in my hands. I was checking pages. I was checking notes. I was like, which mallets do I need to use? What's coming wow. up? Which right. which uh, preset on the rolling pad should I have ready to go? I mean, it was intense. I
0: wonder if subbing could ever not be like that because you never get to do 40 shows in a row to finally be like, cool, I got this. You know, if it's kind of one show here and then a week and a half from now, you, you remember it. But yeah. it's not like you did it yesterday. <laughs>
1: That's you what know? happened to me in this last this last time. I was like, oh, I forgot to listen to this song.
0: What happens? <laughs> right. I can totally see that <laughs> happening. That's like yeah. filling in for a cover band. It's like, I know these songs. And it's oh, like, yeah. yeah, you don't know I'm like the person that plays them every single night at the <laughs> right. bar. So uh, I'm always reminded of that when there's like a cover band playing and I'm like, I don't think this dude's ever taken a lesson in his life yet. He is killing this song harder than I ever could. Yeah, because I wouldn't. I don't know the song that well. So. Yeah, yeah. It's an experience. Awesome it's certainly you know
1: I kind of enjoy high pressure playing for whatever reason. But at the same time, it, I, at the end of it, I'm like, man, that was intense. It's just so different because mm-hmm. every note is written, or at least been repeated hundreds of times to where it's essentially written like Carter's parts yeah. are essentially the same thing every single time so every time I'm like I have played an extra bass drum note there like it's going on in my head like why did I play wow. that extra not stuff on a rock gig you would ever think about right but sure. I'm like I played one extra bass drum note and that one that one bar break in the Kuna Matata where everyone stops <laughs> and I hit a freaking bass drum on the downbeat and it shouldn't have been there
0: <laughs> oh, that, what, what a surreal ah. World that as musicians that we live in. It's I, I mean the things that we go through. <laughs> and, and you know what's funny too is that Lion King on Broadway and your first wedding gig, same exact feeling in mm. the chair. It's the it's the same thing. Yeah, like nothing's yeah, to, yeah, It's like you're freaked out of your mind. So and and then we obsess over things that don't matter at all. You know. And, yeah. Well. And yeah. Then
1: we t- that matters to the conductor and maybe to a couple other people well, who
0: associated with the show. Totally. <laughs> sure. Totally. I remember thinking in those times like oh man i should be playing this groove or i should be less busy or more busy and really i should have been thinking am i too loud <laughs> like <laughs> yeah i should have been thinking is this consistent can people dance to this yeah. or, or or am i or am i somehow thinking that this wedding is a drum set talent show. Hey. Why is that going on in my head that I'm like, well, I want the best man to hire me for his wedding and he'll only do that if I play wipeout with one hand. So uh, well, man. whatever <laughs> we make it through. We're still alive. Well, congrats, buddy. I'm just stoked that you you're getting an opportunity. That's really cool. Yeah, it's been, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, buddy.
1: <laughs> Where the heck are we at? So, what are we talking about today?
0: Let's oh, talk oh, about you got
1: your website. I saw you updated some stuff. Let's dig into that. Yeah. Subject. Yeah. We What'd made some, some
0: upgrades. Uh, so. Obviously, doing the online lesson thing, my goal is to slowly close the gap between the online teaching thing, between online teacher and online student. So we've always had student reviews where you could upload a video of yourself working on whatever you're working on the site. And then we would do a live broadcast and I would try to knock out three or four of them. But that was only once a week and they started piling up and people were having to wait two or three weeks to get their video reviewed. Well, if you're working on our courses, our courses say... Like if you feel you're ready to move on, go ahead or submit a video. So we could have people saying like, yeah, man, I think I'm ready to move on. I've been waiting two weeks for you to tell me if I can move on. So I didn't think that was a great solution. So we just changed everything on our live student reviews. Now, when you upload a video within 48 hours, you have a response from me right on your video page. So everyone, when you upload a video, you actually get your own page for that video where our other students can comment and they can like your video and they can give you advice as well. Well, now when I now I film a video and I upload my response straight to that page, so you see your video and right below it you see my video response, and it's super super personal. So, um, I'm really have, is this
1: open ended to where anyone who's logged into the site can see anyone's video and comment on anyone's video?
0: Yep, and then I have uh, the ability to moderate any of that. So okay. luckily on honestly, we've had almost zero problems ever with the Mike's lessons family. And I think that that's probably related to the fact that we don't advertise and we don't, we're not just trying to get a million people in here. And so it's, you've kind of been filtered through the world of social media and the internet and everything. By the time you've, you're actually paying for your education, you're probably pretty respectful. Yeah. Uh, but if, if I did see something, um, Or if one of our students saw something, then they could just... Uh, write us and we would immediately delete it but everything's been cool and I think the reason why we're making the responses public as well is because whatever lesson or whatever video I'm responding to there's probably another thousand of our students that are working on that exact same lesson and maybe they just didn't have the courage to upload a video or the time or the ability so now they can watch my response to this video and go okay well that's the same thing I'm working on and I'm having the same problems that he or she's having so now this response makes sense to me too.
1: No, I will say that just kind of piggybacking on what I talked about, being an observer versus a participant. A participant. Uh-huh. If any of your, your uh, students are listening and they haven't uploaded a video, I think you have to do it. it there's nothing – you can watch 100 videos of someone else doing it, and you can watch 100 videos of you commenting on someone else doing it. Right. But until you do it, you have
0: no idea what it's actually like. I totally agree. And I don't think you'll ever get in the amount of focused playing and practice as you will when you turn on that camera.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, you know really, that I'm going to review it. That's the only reason, not the only reason, but that's why I started posting videos on Instagram. Because mm-hmm. then I'm like, oh, I've got to really get my stuff together because this sounds like crap.
0: <laughs> yeah, people I'm are going to see it. Post- and I, and I, don't, I just don't think that you can really judge your playing that well when you're on the kit compared no. to... Now I'm off the kit not. and I'm going to go listen. Yeah. You know, um, And maybe even when you record yourself, maybe every once in a while, turn the video monitor off and just listen. You know, yeah. When we watch ourselves, we get so obsessed with how we look and, oh my gosh, my mouth was open or yeah. I don't even move my body. It's like, eh, that stuff can be important for live gigs. But for the most part, you sound good. And when, or it maybe you look so good that you you forgot that you sound horrible. Yeah, yeah, right. Man, I look <laughs> <That's> great. Unmute, <laughs> upload, killed it. And it's like, oh, time's a little wonky. Uh, dynamics Ugh. are a little off. Uh, so, so anyway, so yeah. So if you guys are interested in really, really. Getting some serious critical feedback and starting to grow and hold yourself accountable. Check out uh, Mike's com and everyone that has the all access pass now has full access to the student uploads and you can upload as many videos as you want and you will get a response from me, a video response from me within 48 hours and giving you a full review. And most importantly, instead of just saying good job, it's a full review and a full critique on what to do next. So how to keep moving forward. Uh, and so hopefully you guys will enjoy that. All right. Well, I
1: got I got one more. Uh, I've got one more self promo moment to make here. Just reminded me Dude, uh, do anyone it. in the Detroit or um, Terra State Community College area. I guess it's about two hours south of Detroit. I'm going to be there for the Midwest Rhythm Summit in April, April 20th through the 22nd. Um, I don't remember what the cost is it's not too much but it's three days of clinics with bass players and drummers and there's a awesome. marching panel and there's all kinds of cool stuff I'm going to be doing a little workshop on using electronics for performing and practice and all that kind of stuff so that's April 22nd 20th to 22nd you can go to MidwestRhythmSummit.org to check it out um, hopefully some of you folks will make it out and see Congrats, me uh, mess around with a mandala drum for an hour and <laughs> then be some lunch. <laughs> 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 no there's some well, dr- if we've if- got a let's have to go through the rundown it's Chuck Rainey the bass player is there amazing bass player I think he played with Sealy Dan Dom Familar is going to be there John Wooten a uh, rudimental expert is going to be there Joe Bergamini I believe there's going to be a Sabian educators network thing there awesome um, Wes Little Jordan Sims Gary Katz a whole bunch of people so check it out again it's MidwestRhythmSummit.org
0: that's rad, man. Well, congrats. Thank you. I'm stoked you're doing more of that stuff. Yeah, trying All to. Right. Trying to get out there. Now, again, be a participant, not an observer. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, by the way, I found the switchable attenuator. So 15, 20, or 25 dB of attenuation there from you go. shore. Dude, 25 dB? I could crank my freeze. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's kind Ooh. of this is awesome. what you want. <laughs> yeah. Ordered. Ordered. Dig it. All, All right. right. talk about some stuff here. What do we got? I'm not scared. I'm t- we're talking about some education Okay. By Chris Prescott. Yes, and one of my favorite people. Have you ever met Chris? I don't think I have. He looked familiar, but I can't tell if he's familiar because I've watched a bunch of his videos or if I've actually met him. But I, if I did, it was definitely only at Nam. I don't know him personally. Yeah, he's
1: kind of gone back from the, the big beard and the, the no beard look. So you might, you might have caught him in between. But he, uh, right. he's been playing with pinback for a long time and uh he did a tour with jim eat world and rocket from the crypt and some other stuff so he's he's i think he's in san diego really really cool guy teaches a lot too so he wrote an article based on this idea that he does with a lot of his students where he has them play basic you know learn basic fundamental rock beats like basic eighth note grooves nothing syncopated and then uh Recreate those beats using just the right hand, and so the left hand is not doing anything. So you're playing the hi hat and the snare with the right hand, and then the bass drum, and then you add texture with the left hand by using three different types of grace notes. Either
0: and three well, three different subdivisions of grace notes, right? Exactly, yeah. So just
1: just fill in all the sixteenths in between whatever you're playing with the bass drum and the right hand with the left hand, or you turn it into sixteenth note triplets and fill in the, the middle and the third triplet with the left hand or you do 30 second no drags
0: which i mean there's a lot of things that you get out of that exercise and i think that that exercise is one of those ones where when you stumble upon it on your own as a drummer you kind of go like oh my gosh this stuff was always there it was always accessible to me and all i had to do was put my left hand in between my right hand and keep the volume down but the other thing that you get out of it is a great sense of subdivisional awareness Going from dip That's that's awesome. You get great texture out of it, and then like he does later in the article, you start mixing and then you really get that broken feel, which is really cool. And you're still just playing eighth notes with your right hand the whole time. And the right foot. That's that's what i know going do. I don't know why I'm getting so excited. Well, I think that's Come on, Mike, let's do it. For me,
1: this is how I like to teach it's like let's not learn ten 1, hundred exercises let's just ten hundred is that a, is that a number ten thousand ten thousand ten hundred is awesome let me take a sip it's, of this it's called a thousand let me take this yeah. sip here this coffee
0: <laughs> i was gonna do a thousand push-ups but i decided to do ten hundred <laughs> sorry so up for review this month <laughs> <laughs> the new ten hundred hi-hat series all right um Okay, now it's finally your turn. We're making a shirt that says Ugh. practice 1,000 hours. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Dawson.
1: <laughs> practice one beat for 1,000 hours and not 1,000 beats for one hour. How about that?
0: That's I love it. I love it. I agree. I agree. Um, but, yeah, so anyways, back to your point. This is how you like to teach. Yeah, so I think you learn your basic beats,
1: and those are going to be the beats that we use almost all the time. So why yeah. not just re- envision those with different, you know, layers of texture and sound. And I mean, that's just scratching the surface. It it would be a whole different, you know, once you start adding 16 notes with the bass drum and how do they, you know, you're playing doubles on top of it and there's all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And
0: then, and then when you maybe get a little syncopation in the right hand, then that right hand will land on some of those ghost notes with the left hand and it teaches you, oh, maybe I can't play stacked notes without flamming them. Okay. Well, let me clean that up. I think exercises like this allow a drummer to go on some self-discovery which is cool yeah. you, you have to kind of learn like oh wow man it looked easy in the pages of Modern Drummer I mean my whole teenagehood was built out of me saying like it looked a lot easier in the pages of Modern Drummer like, <laughs> yeah, you know because I'd read it maybe on the school bus or something and then I'd get home to try it I'm like ah I could have sworn this was going to be a lot easier than this yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah So it's, most it's awesome. of us
1: we probably have a habit of we just do one type of subdivision with our left hand whether it's
0: oh like, absolutely a,
1: a buzz or, or a double or a triplet and this forces you to really you know examine the spacing of all that stuff and and I've now I've since I've been working on this and a few other things I've I've been more aware of what it, it feel better if I do a triplet subdivision with the grace notes or what feel better if I do a a real tight 32nd note not stuff Fine. I'd ever thought about before you know just to, let me just fill in with grace notes that's kind of been the default
0: yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, definitely check out the article in the March issue of Modern Drummer, the Strictly Technique article. And the article is called Three Birds with One Stone, Optimize Your Practice Time by Chris Prescott. Good stuff indeed. All right, you want to talk about our featured artist? Yeah, who we got this week? <laughs> uh, it is, well, I don't know how to say his first name. Is it
1: Kiel Keo Stroud. I'm just kidding. He's He's been in the country band Big and Rich for a number of years now. And it's a big bombastic, basically a rock show, but with country music kind of flair to it. But he's a he's a powerhouse drummer. And in the the story, he's featured in the the March issue. He kind of gives a little bit of insight into how he got to where he is, which was to me was super inspiring. Like he. He went in. I think yeah. he started out as a, maybe as a drum tech. I don't recall, but
0: well, he was trying to be a drum tech, yeah, and uh, it it never came to fruition. His dad got him set up with a little fill in gig, and all of a sudden he was a drummer. And I love that he said in the article he talks about like. I didn't try to make it as a drummer until I was making it as a drummer. It never even occurred to me. I was right. it just, just trying happens. to be a dang tech. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> it moved to Nashville to make it. Um, it just happened. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's, it's really cool. I mean, his playing style is really cool, too, because when you watch him play, you can just tell that. I mean, I, I don't know anything about his background. I didn't, you know, I'm not friends with him, but. You can just tell how important the primary notes of any groove are because the other notes, the ghost notes and the things that we think are fun as drummers, they're so low in volume compared to his primary notes. He just grooves so hard with that backbeat. I mean, the backbeat is just it sounds like a sample. I watched a bunch of live footage of him playing concerts with Big and Rich today, and I was like, that can't be someone's phone. Like, that sounds like a sample. And they're like backstage. It's not Mm. in front of the stage. So I know there's no samples. There's no mix going on. But he just he he just cracks the snare the way that it sounds like a sample. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. I mean he credits Bernard Purdy as one of his biggest influences, uh mm-hmm. Dennis Chambers. You can that's kinda of, you of see the powerhouse groove guys that, totally. that's his, his inspiration. Uh, but also I think it's it's I think he was doing a lot of subbing. He was telling me because I hung out with him for a bit in nam and he kinda of became or is known as the guy in Nashville that like call on Tuesday and he'll be ready by Friday to sub for a gig or something. Or call on Thursday and he'll be there f- saturday for the show which is super stressful he was telling me one time i think it was the drummer in the band couldn't get into canada for some passport reasons or something so he had to just get on a plane go play the show get back on a plane and go home wow <laughs>
0: that's awesome super that's intense. awesome but i mean you build a good now-
1: reputation if you can do
0: that yeah, and and you got a chance to hang with him at NAM, right? Yeah, yeah, was time. cuz watching his interview meeting. footage, he seems like the sweetest guy ever, man. Oh yeah, he's super cool. I mean, you feel like you've known him your whole
1: life after 5 minutes of sitting down with right. him. Right. Which again, that's another one of those skills, just being cool. You know, if you want to get hired as a, on the big gig, be cool, <laughs> be cool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> be cool, Mike Dawson. Don't ask for I too mean, you're, much. You're yeah. <laughs> No, yeah. Oh, good gosh. Be happy. Say thank (laughs) you. (laughs) Talk to every A and R in the industry about that one. Um, (laughs) But no, I mean, he just seems like he's cool talking about uh, his gear. Man, I don't think enough people are going with the chrome wrap anymore. When I saw his kit, I was like, look at that full chrome wrap. And he's got a mix and match kit of uh, of Tama stuff. It looks like Uh, yeah, yeah. The kit you guys were listening some Babinga Toms and maple kick. Yeah, the the kid in
1: in the story was his his setup for last year. I believe he kind of created that, built maybe even built the kid himself. I know he made the the hoops with the inlays and stuff himself. Uh, but his new kid is different. I think he's going to two rack toms now, and you know these guys who just can't settle. Every tour is a different kit, which is cool. If you have that, you know why not? Why not? Yeah, and
0: if up? you're touring that big, it, it you know it. It, it's almost part of the stage show, right? It's like, well, here's yeah, the new right. kick drum head. Here's the new kit. I mean, I always expected that out of Tommy Lee back in the day. Like, oh, what's the new album's drum set going to look like on tour? Um, so I, I get that. But, yeah, and he's he's got he's all set up with a bunch of Sabian stuff. Um, Big stuff. Huge yeah. stuff.
1: I mean, the stuff he's using now is is massive. I think he has a 26-inch ride and 24-inch crash. It's not what shown in yeah, the story. Yeah, he's
0: got some... Uh, 18 inch AX I
1: Man. What stick is he using? Yeah, of course, it's a custom model, but that's got to be a tree trunk. little Sluggers? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Super, super cool. Yeah, well, uh. definitely, guys, um, check out Keo Stroud. It's just uh, K E I O Stroud. You can read about him in the March issue. And um, the story was by Aaron Strickland. Uh, but you can also check him out on uh, Big and Riches. Uh, do you know if he's on the new album? The uh, Did It for the Party came out uh, in twenty seventeen. I'm not sure so he plays he on the would. records.
1: I think he's oh, he's, he's just a, more of the, touring the touring guy. guy. Yeah, but um, there's a lot of footage, and he's pretty active on Instagram and stuff. So definitely follow him and say
0: what's up. Super sweet guy too. So I look forward to meeting him soon, and uh, and just I'd love to play his eighteen-inch hats. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> That would be good stuff. All right. So, this one's going to take a little while because you are reviewing a 46 piece kit. Yeah. And we're going to, I want to go through everything. Uh, so, uh, so what is this, a six or a seven? Seven piece kit?
1: Okay. Maybe. This is a seven piece. Um, it's a, you know, I don't remember the depths. And, and Chris actually, Chris Carr at Bucks County sent me that info and I forgot to print it out. But, Nice. It's an eight-inch rack tom, ten-inch rack tom, twelve-inch rack tom, fourteen and sixteen-inch floors, and a twenty-inch bass drum, and then a matching six and a half by fourteen snare, I believe. So they're all what he calls semi-solid, which means it, it's a you know solid core of birch, and then he puts uh, reinforcement rings, you know, ply reinforcement rings. I believe they're maple, maybe they're no, they might be birch. Man, I'm super prepared this week. We've Good got some uh, semi-solid
0: red gum over birch. Uh, I've never played the kit, but I can tell you all about it. Gorgeous, twisted, exotic finish. Uh, well, first of all, so this Bucks County kit, this is... Um, I was just, just going to ask real quick. Does he only make just Bucks County percussion kits, or does he have lines? It, currently
1: um he just has the semi solid line but he's working on some okay. other stuff. So I don't know if I can announce it. that yet. But uh his his you know, his flagship his it's his own design of the semi solid He takes a, a solid gotcha. core of wood and then puts in some ply shell on the inside of that, inside and outside of that to, to kind of reinforce it. So you get okay. like the the thick solid wood tone, but then it's kind of easy to tune and it's more stable, like a ply shell.
0: And I'm assuming that also gives him the ability to use really gorgeous veneers on the outside like he did on this one. Yeah, exactly. So that's a red really gum cool. outer. Um. Ah, gotcha. Alright, so... And how did you like playing an 8? I loved Those it. Those things are fun. I loved They're it. so
1: much fun. Um, I've only played a few 8s recently. The Tama the Superstar and then this one. And... Both of those sounded really good, but this was the first time I hit an eight. that was like, that doesn't sound like a toy. That sounds like a full, big, fat sounding drum, which was.
0: The reason I didn't rattle off the sizes while you were looking for the sizes, is because when you, I was just listening to it and I was like, that could be a 10, man. I, yeah. Cause I'm it looking sound like at it from the overhead. Yeah. It had tone. Eights never have tone. They go. Yep. Doo. Yeah. Exactly. But this was like, Doo. so it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so, these okay, are. Well, let's, uh, oh, you want to listen to them first when we talk more about them? And yeah, by the so way, let's, let's, uh,
1: we're thanking Bucks County for sponsoring this week's episode. So, let's listen to them and then I will go through some more details. lot because i i bought a kit and i love it love it the one i have is yeah. a uh yellow ha- yellow heart and mahogany so it's the, i wanted okay. drums that were kind of like fat and, and warm these had like that for me it was that like perfect carter beaufort uh totally you know, like the microphone just you don't need to do anything put a mic on it and it's the, the perfect sound right away really really fast and quick but not like brittle a, a different, right. you know, a unique for experience for me to hear a drum that has a super fast response, but it still has a really big, thick sound. Um, I wanted to buy the drums, but he got someone else to buy them. So this kid actually got sold, <laughs> uh, but, you know, he'll he'll make anything for anyone. Just uh, look him up on Bucks County Drum Co., I believe, is the website. Or he just, you know, obviously just Google it. But
0: Okay, uh, help me out here with these mounts. I've never seen this mount before. Yeah, that's another one of his creations.
1: He just... Oh, that's uh, it. Okay, he just made that. developed it. Yeah, so it's like a... I think what you can see in the video is the 12-inch Tom, which has, I believe, four points, four rubber gaskets yep. that just rest against the shell. But, yeah, it doesn't... He's did a lot of prototyping. I I was kind of his guinea pig for a lot of it, and... I didn't notice any uh, dampening of the shell whatsoever from that thing, so it works great. That's awesome, it's super stable. I like that he's creating his own thing rather than just buying stuff that's already
0: exists. Right? Uh, no, it's it's really cool, and it's got a, it. It just looks super clean, so I noticed that right away. The kick was super punchy, but didn't sound overly twenty. You know, it yep. sounded like it could be anything you wanted it to be, and I'm still blown away by the tone coming out of that 8 and so if there's that much tone coming out of the 8 then you know the whole kit's just going to sound amazing and on the on all of the toms you have no muffling whatsoever like these are you're wide right. open yeah and, and, and they, they just sound super produced yeah like i said
1: they were like they were just ready to roll i, I also used these on a, a clinic a couple of weeks ago and even in a club where you're dealing with a weird room sounds they sounded amazing at one point we even turned the mics off and they sounded like they were mic'd up it was it was pretty impressive um, I tend yeah, to man. I tend to like bigger bass drums for when I'm going for that big kit sound but this one felt a lot bigger than a 20.
0: Yeah, it sounds fantastic. So, uh definitely everyone check out Buck's County. Uh, so, yes. So you asked me about if he or...
1: makes anything else. I just found a note that he had sent me that he does have some ply snares that he's going to be launching later this okay. spring and some other things that I can't talk about yet, but uh, so the ply drums will be, you know, a more affordable price, but still really, really high quality stuff. And it's going to be, I, if I remember what he said, it's going to be all one species, like all birch or all maple or all whatever. Whereas with the semi-solid, you can mix and match. You can get your floor toms in one one uh, solid core. You can get the toms with a different core. You can kind of tune, you know, depending on what the tone of the wood is naturally, cool. you know. And he'll guide, yeah. you, he'll guide you on that. I wouldn't recommend saying, hey, can you give me mahogany eight and a birch floor tom just let him be the expert give him the sound right. you want and he'll get you the right the right shell clearly
0: he makes a little bit of everything because i'm i'm on their stuff right now and he's got um some aluminum drums and yep. uh yeah that's so another everything.
1: prototype i checked out was a solid aluminum core with wood uh oh, you know, sandwiched wow. between wood that sounded amazing too it's 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 really fun to, to get to experience these these madmen drum makers doing just
0: going crazy. I love it's it. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool stuff. Well guys, everyone check out buckscountydrumco.com. That's all you have to do. buckscountydrumco.com and then you can listen to their stuff, check out their photo gallery, check out all their artists and read more about their kits. They make amazing stuff. All right. Let's get into some listener questions. All right. Okay, this one comes
1: from um Stefan or S- Stephen, I, I, this name always um, confuses me. S T E P H A N E. Would that be Stefan or Stephen?
0: Yeah, okay, it's Stefan. Stefan. And I, the only reason I know that is because, isn't that Stefan? Is it Stefan Chamberlain? Who's the the kid out of uh, Canada? The oh uh, yeah, the yeah, French Canadian. Is it Stefan Stefan Stephen. I, I remember I met him I met him in Quebec and I was like is your name Stephanie and he goes nope <laughs> and he's a monster player by the way but uh yeah, anyways yeah. Uh, yeah and so but I remember it was either Stefan or Stefan either way go ahead okay
1: Stefan his email name is Witchburner, so <laughs>
0: <laughs> get it
1: get it bro dang come we'll in hot we'll go with Stefan. He okay. um, says, "I'm. I like the deep and focused attack of 14-inch floor toms in fills, but I also like the big rumble of a 16, especially when I'm doing ensemble hits. So I've been considering getting a 15-inch floor tom. I've mm-hmm. never tuned or tried one. So what are your thoughts and experiences with 15-inch floor toms and tune in terms of tuning range and versatility?"
0: I had a 15. I actually ordered a custom 15 from uh, from Premier back in the day. So my oh, Junista yeah? had a 15. There you go. Yep. Um, so which burner? Let's get deep here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so here's what I would say about the 15. It's not the answer you're looking for. You can get a 14 to do whatever you want. And that 16, that low that you're loving from the 16 that you're feeling through your whole body, no one's hearing that, I promise you. You're just feeling it because you're right next to the drum. But the 15, at least for me, wasn't the answer. The 15, it didn't tune up high like i thought a 14 could and it 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 sounded low and fat like a 16 but no reason to special order a drum uh i I would say just have a 14 and a 16 Um, unless you're saying you're ordering a kit from scratch but i don't know i mean have you played a lot of 15s floor toms not recently and
1: the biggest concern for me would be um oh yeah he says to to clarify he does want just one floor tom so one rack Uh. tom one floor tom 20-inch kick, 12-inch rack tom, he's thinking a 15 might be the perfect hybrid.
0: Mm, it, it might be, honestly, but I, I wouldn't do it. Bec- I mean, you're going to now run into trouble finding heads. That's what I was going to uh, say.
1: Is it's You know there's not as many 15-inch heads and chops around yeah, the Yeah, or
0: like, hey, I'm going to swap out to my die cast. No, I'm not because <laughs> I don't have any. Like, so I, I think 2012-14 can be as versatile as you would ever want it to be you can get that for the the big key is going to be just the depth you know if you get a 14 by 14 if you get a square size it's gonna be nice and punchy for you and that bottom head unless you crank it up really never gets a chance to resonate so it can be really just dead and fat if you want a ton of tone bring it up to a, maybe a 14 by 13 or a 14 by 12 or what mike would call a 12 by 14 or a 13 <laughs> by 14 which confuses the hell out of me um but anyways, so and that'll give you more tone and, and get that bottom head resonating more. But I, I, I think 201214 is super versatile. I think it
1: is, but I'm gonna put the, the, um, the butt in here that if Bring you're it. playing loud gigs, loud music, I've tried to use a 201214 setup. Everything is cool except for the 14. It's just okay, too it just doesn't give enough output enough sound. So it just depends. If you're doing more lighter jazz funk fusion, or if you're doing more rock aggressive music bro
0: his name is witch burner yes, he's definitely playing rock there's no <laughs> way he's like oh, thing, kind of like Max Roach so i would uh, say a you. 16 would be, out. Would be okay. better just just knowing
1: from i mean i've played some club gigs where i'm like yeah i'm going to take the small kit cuz i don't want to have to lug the big kit and sure i get in the room and i'm like literally like hitting the floor tom so hard that it's starting to detune because i can't get enough sound out of it so there you go, great point there you go. Either one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. I think that's a great point. No
1: 15 though. That was, I guess we both kind of agreed don't bother yeah. with 15. It's just
0: an it's just an inconvenient size. Yeah.
1: All right. I def, again, I don't have any opinions on this, but let's give it a shot. Edwin, uh what would be the best vehicles for hauling drums?
0: Oh, I can tell you right now. Let's let's just take budget and bring it down to whatever we consider to be average drum level. Okay, so I don't want to talk about you know, like yes, the Mercedes van would be yeah. amazing, <laughs> right? But let's let's stay in. Let's assume this is your second car, so you're just trying to stay budget. My favorite drum car in the world is the Honda Element.
1: Oh, you fold yeah. the
0: seats up, and it literally becomes a cargo van in two seconds. That True. and. It's already... The floor is already rubber. It's already... I mean, that's the f- first car that I ever saw or that I ever owned. My wife and I owned one for a long time that you can hose out the inside if you get it muddy. Mm-hmm. So we were taking our dogs out of the lake. We didn't even dry them off. We're like, back in the car, kids. <laughs> yeah. And you can just hose out the whole car. The Honda Element, you could probably get a used one on CarMax right now for like eight grand. And they're gone are just now, awesome. right? Aren't they out of, uh... They're all gone. Yeah. If they weren't, my wife would have two of them. She <laughs> She, like... I could literally buy her a jet right now, and she'd be like, "But it's not a Honda Element." She <laughs> loved the Element; absolutely loved it. She she still regrets ever selling it. So I would say Honda Element. What about you, bud? Well, I can only speak from my own experience. So the first car I ever owned was a Ford Bronco Two.
1: Amazing okay. it was amazing for lugging around gear. Um, that followed by a Jeep Cherokee Grand Cherokee. No Jeep Cherokee Sport. Okay. I thought it would be better. It actually had less room because of the wheel wells in the back. That was a pain in the butt. Oh. It just took up okay. too much space. I couldn't get my hardware case in there in any kind of comfortable spot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Still was an awesome car. Then I went into sedans. The Nissan Altima I could fit a lot of stuff in, surprisingly.
0: Um, yeah. And then now, Cars are fine. It just depends on how big your kit is, really. Yeah, I think for me, a
1: hatchback is, you know, I have a Subaru um, well, a Crosstrek now. It's a small car, right. but it's a hatchback, so I can get everything in there if I need to.
0: Hatchback uh, is important. My car is a hatchback and I can I get my kick, floor tom, rack tom, and hardware case in the back of my car without folding down any seats. Oh, that's impressive. Yeah. The only thing that goes in the front of my car is my cymbal bag and my snare. That's it. Yeah. Um so, so yeah, so I think hatchback is super important. And the other thing that's important is it it everyone immediately thinks SUV. When you get a big SUV, it's really tall, and trying to get your hardware case up yeah. into the back yeah. of that sucks. That's, That's why hatchbacks yeah. are great. You that know? was the
1: problem with the Cherokee was it was too high, and I had one of yeah. those giant SKB like looks like a coffin kind of a hardware yeah. case. Yeah. <laughs> I actually broke I the the, uh, the trimming on it because it was so high. I
0: have the ahead um, the ahead one, the Sled. hard case, yeah. and it's yeah, and I love it, but I don't. I've I still haven't had the. Uh, the foresight to call DW and ask for some flat based hardware stands so I still have all 9000 series hardware stands that's heavy which are awesome <laughs> until I take that one stupid pickup gig in Sacktown <laughs> and I'm like why do I have these stands these are insane this makes no sense uh so yeah so it's it's great having a lower car but uh check out the Honda Element or check out just a you know a nice cheap hit hatchback all right. All right.
1: So we got this one. This is a this is a pretty confusing one. I think the term is pretty confusing. So this comes from Jeff. I'm curious, from a technical spe- perspective, what exactly does "dry" mean?
0: Uh, is it the length of sustain? He's he's referencing symbols. Yeah, we've talked about this when we did our drum adjectives yeah, episode like and like ten years and ago. I also, <laughs> yeah, good God, we've been doing this far too long. Uh, but. I remember my thought of a crash being dry, and then hi hats being dry, and then rides being dry. It's all slightly different. with With a crash, I do think that dry and dark get mixed up together mm-hmm. sometimes. But right. I do think that in a crash, it's sustain. Um, it's I hit the crash and it and it stops producing shh sounds as fast as possible. Uh, so if I wanted to dry up my current I don't know twenty inch Zildjian Constantinople crash. I don't know if that's a thing, but I don't know a lot about Zildjian. But that's a thing. Okay. (laughs) If I wanted to dry that up, I put a piece of gaff tape on it and I would dry it up. But it would also darken it and bring the pitch down a little bit as well. So, what what Mm. is your thought on dry? That would be it. I think it's kind of hard. I can't think of a bright but dry. No,
1: that's not true. There's the Sabian um, Apollo, I think, is what they came out with. It's like the oh, yeah, I remember that. big and ugly series. Yep. I'm pretty sure that's AAX uh, mm-hmm. style. So it's a bright symbol, but it's super dry. So you hit the ride and there's like almost no sustain. But it has So, a okay, pitch.
0: but you initially were probably thinking the same thing. I was like, okay, at this frequency response – when we get rid of those frequencies, now it's drier, and yeah. I think that too, because I'm thinking the opposite of dry I'm thinking shimmery, but really it's just to me it's kind of the duration of the note yeah. however long it lasts yeah um,
1: and I think, I think, think that comes down
0: <laughs> yeah that comes down to a lot of it being a th- the thinner the symbol, the drier it's going to be generally, especially when we're dealing with crashes, but not with rides, right so yeah dang you know, it what's weird is we don't use the opposite we don't use the
1: antonym of dry when we're, when we're talking about symbols. You never talk about a wet symbol sound.
0: <laughs> bro <laughs> just, just keep this moving I don't want to be a part of this. I do not want to be a part of this.
1: But in, but if you're in audio engineering and say you're using reverb, then you're going to yeah. mix in the dry versus wet signal and the dry signal would be the sound with no effects which which would be similar to a symbol that has less sustain. Agreed. But then when you add totally the reverb agreed. that makes it wetter which makes yeah. it sound longer.
0: But it's weird too because that that adjective then can go over to snares and if somebody if if the engineer says I just need that snare to be a little wetter then I just detune it and they go oh there's the smack I'm looking for but I just dried it up which but when is, they put the reverb on it then it sounds longer it's <laughs> I, as far I, as know, symbols go I'd think, say I'd I'd say the duration of the note. Yeah, I think so. I mean I don't know but in
1: snare drums, that's weird because ugh, maybe it goes back to calfskin heads where literally you would have to wetten the head in order to make it like Ooh. not resonate as much.
0: Yeah. And that's, I mean, still with hand drums, you know, you can put lotion on the drums and everything if, right. it's, a, if it's a legit animal skin head. Um So, all right. Well, that's I think with symbols we can admit that the, or we can agree that the duration of the note is what they're talking about with a dry symbol. Dr- oh, yeah. I don't expect an 18 inch dry crash to go. Psh- no. Yeah. No matter regardless of the pitch.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Right. That's man. That's still tough. going. It's so man. It's confusing. I'm thinking probably because the baseline is symbols have a long sustain, so there's no reason to call something the 18 inch wet crash
0: because that's just called an 18 inch crash yeah it's (laughs) the wet series oh man coming at you all right dude come on you know that somebody's got to put out like a nice 20 inch moist (gasps) crash oh (laughs) man would be epic Ooh. isn't that one of your irk words is not <laughs> that one of the words that bothers you all right let's no, move on creamy creamy is the one that i don't oh like. god all right um, before we lose any more listeners no one's getting a 16 inch trash room <laughs> dude stop all right why is it why is it so appropriate for everything to be dry i'm happy with that 16 inch dry hats sounds Whoa. good let's go Man. All right. Oof. Is that enough good questions? Gracious. Did we confuse I think everyone we're good. I think we should pick something before we get in trouble. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're we're almost, we're probably just a few words away from actually you getting reprimanded from the fine folks at Modern Drummer. Uh, yeah. yeah. We're so juvenile. All right.
1: <laughs> but I'm, actually, it was more just a statement of why don't we use the term wet when we talk about drum equipment but we do the we, opposite yes yeah, it's the opposite well
0: yeah i mean but we don't have an adjective for like oh man that that crash has tons of ex- of sustain what's it called uh, an 18 inch crash a crash yeah a regular yeah. crash <laughs> a regular <laughs> crash i honestly i feel like medium is what they would call it mm-hmm. and those are the thicker symbols they sustain longer but we don't have any adjective that gives you the i mean the one thing that i do like about the term dry in the drum world Is it actually gives me A mental image Of what I'm about to hear It's like oh Dry hats I don't expect them To be super shimmery I don't expect them To sustain when I open them I expect them to almost Seem like someone Put a moon gel On top of them You know hmm. so, Now what about Okay there's another term then What about fast Fast crash See fast to me Brings in frequency I I think it's higher pitched And still dry So high pitched And dry is fast to me
1: Huh. I think of fast being the attack. It opens up really fast, but it could still sustain for forever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Knocking this one out of the park. (laughs) Feeling great about it. All right. Let's get to the picks of the week. What do you got, buddy? Okay. So I had um, this company, Camp Percussion
1: Company. Uh, They're in the UK. They sent me one of their, it's called a Lunar Lander jingles, percussion jingles. And what what's the company called? C A M P Camp Percussion Co. Okay, um, so they have this thing. It's like a it's a trio of like hand hammered sort of tambourine looking jingles made of bronze, uh, brass, and cymbal bronze. And it's kind of like a what's that guy's name? Kepl- Keplinger, like one of those yep. little effects-y things. They're on like a little triangle metal bracket, and it's got some bungee cords you can hang it on a ride cymbal you can it also comes with a clip so you can clip it to the hoop of a drum and add some tambourine jingle to the drum pretty neat okay. I, uh, i've only messed with it a little bit but so far it's really cool it has a kind of a darker kind of sound than what you get from just using regular nickel tambourine jingles or something um, so I'm looking forward to really messing around with it more. But if you want to check it out, I think he has an Etsy shop and might have his own website. Yeah. But
0: there's an Etsy shop, and, and honestly, I don't think there's a website yet. I was looking for it, but you can um, check them out on Facebook. That's where you'll find them, and you'll get to see pictures of all their stuff and people using their stuff. So yeah, also he also out. makes
1: really nice tambourines and a bunch of other yeah, I was stuff. Yeah, looking too. at
0: that, yeah, really cool stuff. Um, we're in a great place right now where there's a lot of people making kind of boutique gear and they're making it really really well yeah and it just looks right. cool it
1: doesn't look like yeah it doesn't look like some like walmart off the shelf products these are really handmade kind of neat they just when i see something that looks like this it, i'm inspired <laughs> to play like it yeah it doesn't look like i took it out of a bubble wrap and <laughs> you know right
0: yeah <laughs> as a vibe out of a what are they call, uh the uh what is that the shell yeah the packaging. shell yeah. packaging yeah
1: no, yeah, this, this, some gotcha. dude made this in his shop. And, and
0: this was not on a slat wall at <laughs> Mars Music in 94. <laughs> right. I'm with you. All right. Well, my pick of the week this time is for any of you guys. If you if any of you out there have like a really hot microphone and it's just kind of peeking out your preamps, what you're going to want to look into is the Sure A15 AS Which How did I do, bro? <laughs> did it sound like I knew what I was talking about? Uh, I had. Literally forgotten that we talked about that an hour ago. <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm interested. I've got one of those. The Sure A15AS Switchable Attenuator. You can find it on Amazon.com for 37.99. That mm-hmm. is nine dollars off the list price. I ordered two of them. That will be here tomorrow with my Prime membership. And uh, there's four left because there were six left and I bought two of them. So, okay. So real quick though. So I go microphone. Cable, and then the end that's going to plug into my preamp will now get this first, right? I think you can go either way, but that's the way I usually do it. Yeah, because I don't want this thing sticking off the end of my microphone. Right, yeah, it'll be coming out um, the back of your interface. Perfect. And then yeah, this one's switchable, so I can really bring it all. I it starts at 15 dB, then it's got a 20 dB switch and a 25 negative db switch which is pretty rad um you know what it would be cool if you think about it if next show do a demo of without the
1: pads and what your mm-hmm. your overhead and kick sounds like and then the same thing with the pads and crank the prees and see what does to the sound
0: yeah i, I would love I that. that and That'd i be cool this might, might be something you don't know because i you don't have the uh You don't have Neve Prees, right? But you do have probably emulators, maybe? Yeah, I have the Uh, virtual versions, yeah. I'm just wondering what the difference is. And I cannot get a straight answer online. I've looked through every forum. What the difference is between the big red knob, which seems like gain, and then the trim. Like, which one is giving me the saturation of this preamp? Because each channel has the big red gain knob, and right next to it has a trim knob. And I don't really know what mm, each one maybe. is doing individually because they're no. both turning up the gain. I don't know. My guess would be the trim is what you use to get your microphone
1: level, and then the gain would be to push the, the level the pre harder.
0: Okay, but so I have no clue what that means. But all right, <laughs> like to bring uh, in,
1: you, you gain it up if you want the pre to work harder, work hotter. Okay, but gotcha. the trim. At least that's the way it is on most mixing boards. The trim is the actual microphone signal coming in that you want to get that keep you know at a good comfortable level maybe back off if when you put the pad in you can probably keep the trim low and then turn up the game. Again, if anyone cool. out there is a Neve expert, please help us out because I'm, I'm Yeah, guessing. and I mean,
0: I've really been on like Neve forums and you should see the fights that happen between these cats, man. Oh, yeah. And there's like, I've been in the studio since 1952. <laughs> the red <laughs> knob is for people. And I'm like, oh my goodness. It, they go bananas. So mm. either way, what I'm really excited, I've never gotten to mess with either of those knobs because my mics are so hot. <laughs> and so so now this is awesome. I'm going to put this thing in there, like 20 20- zero and, you got them both on zero <laughs> uh pretty close dude pretty damn close so i'm really <laughs> excited so uh, i'm really happy that we i'm just happy that i was able to inform you about this uh so the uh, inline pads that i told you about uh, it's, it's called a sure a15 uh as switchable attenuator so oh, there man. you
1: go awesome so we need more questions send them over to mdinfo at modern we also need more intro grooves um, yeah which have been cool. And we should probably request some more reviews over on iTunes, if you, if you don't mind. If you've been enjoying the show, just give us a, what do we want? four, five-star review? 5 star I'd re- like a
0: five-star. Five star I, I,
1: I, I think we deserve five stars, you
0: know. We, <laughs> we've been doing this for my, a while. My presentation <laughs> this week is certainly five-star. <laughs> okay. okay, so if you think Mike did a nice three-star effort <laughs> and I crushed it with a five, can you just give us a four? Let's just average it out. We're going to be fine. Everyone, please, uh, those reviews really do help quite a bit. That's how people find this podcast. Also, if they're If uh, you wish you could listen to us on a different format than the one you're listening to us on, on a different place, let us know. And, you know, we're still new at this podcasting thing, so we will try to make sure that you can find us everywhere you want to hear this podcast. Everyone, have an amazing, amazing day. Get to practicing, and we will talk to you soon. Later,
1: bro. We got our outro groove, dude. Oh,
0: damn. (laughs) Damn. And this is one of our students. This is one of my students. I just... So,
1: Richard, Richard. Mike doesn't care about you, but I do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
0: You know what happens, dude? It's always at the end of the podcast. I'm like, dude, I literally have to pee. (laughs) So can we wrap this up? (laughs) That's all that's going on. I care
1: about Richard. All right. So this is Richard. He is playing a Gretsch Catalina Maple kit with a 18 by 22 or 22 by 18. However, you do your dimensions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Five by 13 snare. He's got 14-inch new beat hi-hats. You can never go wrong with that. 20-inch K-custom hybrid ride. Um, and he He's says, giving us
0: the, a little bit of that Satch boogie. Yeah. That exactly. Satriani boogie feel. I like it. So he says he mic'd this all up with a $10 no-name condenser that he bought from Amazon. a boy. Atta
1: right. boy. Here we go. So here's Richard. So now I will see you next week. Go to the bathroom. <laughs>